Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Anna Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend and guest, Christina Hyde. In this episode, we'll talk about the three main parts of an evening, figure out when is the ideal time to give the kids a bath, and learn how to revel in the ordinary. This is episode 33. Here we go. Well, thank you, Christina, for sharing with us today, and thank you, listeners, again for tuning in this week. Thank you, Hannah, for having me back. I've been enjoying this series on homemaking. Um, Whenever we talk about a subject, I find myself thinking about that topic throughout the week, and even that extra bit of intentionality helps me to take more joy in the little aspects of motherhood. Yeah, totally. Me too. Well, we are wrapping up our series on the art of homemaking. We hope you've gotten a lot of practical tips and fresh ideas to re-energize your hashtag mom life. I just thought of when they're trying to energize the workplace in the show, The Office. I don't know if you've seen this, Christina. (laughs) And Michael, main character, the boss, says, give me your best ideas. You know, he's got the whiteboard and he's like, here we go. Energize. Energize. (laughs) And he's drawn it with like the bubble letters we used to do in middle school. (laughs) He's up front taking notes and the character Andy Bernard suggests, I know, let's change our voicemail message on the office phone to have more zing and more pep. And then Jim, who always teases Andy, one-ups him and says, no, no, no. Let's do another message with even more zing and more pep. <laughs> Michael's like, yes, yes. Anyways, we we hope you have more zing and more pep in your steps at home as a homemaker. Um, and on a more serious note, we pray that your heart has been encouraged and strengthened throughout this series to know that your job has worth. What you do every day from wiping up spills to giving hugs and kissing owies, it all matters. This work of motherhood and homemaking has eternal significance. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I work in the ED at the hospital, and sometimes we'll get people who come in who are feeling pretty puny, mm-hmm. and the doc will do a workup on them, and while the labs are cooking, we'll, we will give them a liter of saline through their IV. And many times the workup comes back and everything's negative. It's just some virus that their body needs time to fight off. I'm always amazed, though, how many times people walk out of the hospital feeling better than when they walked in. The saline's not a medication, it's just fluid, and they just needed to be tanked up with an extra liter of fluids, and that was that extra pep that they needed to get up and kick the bug to the curb. Oh, I love that. Um, In the same way, sometimes we can begin to feel run down, just a little bit depleted, and sometimes a perspective change is my liter of saline, Um, and when I revisit the value of my work as a mom, I stand a little bit taller, and when I look for ways to find joy and tackle the slumps, I approach these potentially difficult times with a little different of mindset, um, a more positive one. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, for the last two weeks, we have segmented the day and talked about ways to enjoy each part of it. So the first segment was the morning, of course, and we discussed the delights of the morning. And I even love that phrase, just thinking about (laughs) morning delights, you know, from early morning sunrises to coffee and conversation to waking up slowly with intention and purposefully prepping breakfast and interacting with our families, you know, just taking a few moments to be still and prepare ourselves for the day ahead. So from there, we dove into the afternoons and all the joys that they can bring. And we also tackled the challenge of the mid-afternoon slump and came up with ways to proactively overcome that. Yes, I just have to insert here, I've been implementing some ideas. And one of the main ones that's helped me 
is a pre-dinner dance party of oh, sorts. I, that's, and I like that. Idea. Yeah. It's just because <laughs> I know that I am feeling really crummy at that time of day. And so I have to like <laughs> fake it until I make it. I have to be like, let's put on music. Sometimes that works. Yeah. And it's been working. So I take, you know, just take that time. And it really helps me to have more joy prepping for dinner in that rough hour. <laughs> well, thinking about this, we, we give all these, these ideas and nobody can implement all these things every single day. Nobody mm-hmm. can, nobody can find delight in the morning and tackle the afternoon slump and have a great din- dinner. And I mean, we're all just trying. And, um, and so it's nice to have these tools in our bag, um, for the, for the rough days. Yes. So surrounding all of these joys and challenges of homemaking, some common themes have continued to emerge and they are sleep, taking care of our bodies, like nourishing and exercising them well, moments of stillness and prayer, and not saying yes to every opportunity that comes our way, even for our kids. We do keep coming back to these same things, but I think they're so important because they're all self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many ways to become depleted of, as a mom. And, and while we need to take care of our family, we also need to take care of ourselves so that we have the energy to take care of our family. Yeah. So we can energize. <laughs> yes, energize. More zing, more pep. <laughs> this allows our goals to become more like this, to provide many days and moments of unstructured, free, fun, play, and learning without getting sucked into the trap of busyness to live with joy, peace, and contentment and embrace the home we currently live in, to focus on the positive aspects of our roles and responsibilities, not letting bitterness, comparison, or resentment creep into our hearts. So with that zing and pep that we were joking about, stemming from good self-care combined with a perspective change, let's move on to talk about the evening itself. More specifically, how to put the calm back into our evenings. I'm so excited to talk about this. (laughs) The evening can be a wonderful part of the day, but there are three areas that have their own specific challenges. Uh, Dinner time, before, during, and after, Mm -hmm. the bedtime routine, and then while it's not always a parenting challenge, the time in the evening after the kids go to bed can either re-energize you or set you up for a failure the next day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm speaking from personal experience. Oh, me too, (laughs) such as the other night when I... yeah. Yes, I won't even binge watching Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I know. Let's start how we've started before. How do your evenings look now? Are they full of peace and calm, or are they hectic and stressed and maybe a little overscheduled? Are you worn out? Are you getting enough restorative sleep? And then how about your kids? So we'll tackle these potential problem areas one at a time and look for ways to infuse calm into the evening. So think with me, what happens before, during, and after dinner? Let's start there. Okay. (laughs) So before dinner can be stressful if the kids are ping-ponging around and hungry, and it can be rushed if mom is running around getting things ready, and it can be very divided if you eat with a fork in one hand and a phone in the other. (laughs) Yep. It can be frustrating if you spend time making a meal only to have the kids pick it apart and complain. And I've done all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, me too. The trick with dinner is to make it special. Set the table as simply or ornately as you like. Even if you're having pizza, honestly, or just, you know, some sort of takeout meal, just make it a ritual. That's one thing Madame Chic and the books have inspired me about is make it special. Make it something your kids look forward to. Make sure all the homework and the random items are cleared off the table. So it's like, it's time to eat. It's time to be together as a family and maybe even light a candle sometimes. And then practice and teach good table manners. Again, involving your kids in the prep and the cleanup and then teaching them how to sit down and really enjoy a nice meal with each other. Yeah. 
This isn't to say that this will automatically make every dinner a magical event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But sometimes when you raise the bar of expectations for behavior, for attitude, for ambiance, you and your family will rise to meet the expectations simply out of habit. Yeah. Now, in case you haven't noticed, which I'm sure you have, I really <laughs> love the Madame Chic books by Jennifer Scott. She is the inspiration for this whole series. And one of the things that she recommends is to avoid becoming so frazzled that you can't sit down and enjoy the meal too. Sit down with your family. Enjoy the meal with them. And I know that for me personally, I need to work on this more. I'll be like getting sippy cups and serving everyone a little too haphazardly a lot of times. So maybe I need to keep the food warm and serve it from the table or kind of find some other solution. Because I think what's happening now a lot of times isn't working for me to, as far as like sitting down enjoying the meal. Well, I definitely get caught up away from the table too. Um, but sitting at the table and eating together is such an important family routine. Uh, this was modeled for me growing up, and I have wonderful memories of family meals together. Uh, yesterday, as I was mulling over thoughts for today and for this episode, I was really on a roll hammering out some notes on the computer, and my husband was working, and the kids were playing Play-Doh because I was trying one of those <laughs> afternoon slump tricks, and it worked magically. Yay! <laughs> and I just wanted to keep working and then feed them a quick dinner while I worked on the computer. But um, it was a perfect opportunity to practice what I was thinking about, mm. you know? Um, this is where... I love talking about yes. this because it it spurs me on. Um, so I made dinner for all of us. We all sat down. I resisted the temptation to jump up and keep working after I finished. We talked. I listened. Um, we didn't find the answer for world peace. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very good dinner, and it set the tone for a good evening. Oh, that's that's so awesome. Oh, after you are finished with dinner, again, this is something I'm saying in encouragement to my own my own self here. Sometimes we say these things yes. so we will remember them. Yes. <laughs> Don't get caught doing it all. Like, are your kids old enough to help with the dishes or putting things away, even taking the trash out, you know? To quote my friend Joy, Joy Dombrow, who did the parenting episodes with me a couple a couple episodes back, she says, never do for a kid what they can do for themselves. And I love that. So our kids, like my kids, can take, two of them, <laughs> can take their dishes to the sink the, our oldest can even put them in the dishwasher quite nicely, and they are both capable of helping a lot more. In fact, now that I'm talking about it and thinking about it right this second, I'm like, oh, I need to raise the bar and I have to have them help out a little bit more now. So you may have to be creative with your after-dinner routine. Again, speaking from massive experience here, <laughs> lately, my husband has felt like, you know, he's working later, he doesn't get to spend as much time with the kids as he'd like to, so our temporary solution is that I need to wait to clean up after dinner, right? I just need to wait a little bit. This about kills me. <laughs> I just have this thing like, if I get it done, it's done and I can relax. And he's like, yes, but if you get it done, it'll take half an hour. And then it's almost time for them to brush their teeth and they're going to bed. And we haven't all five of us like played and hung out. So I hate to admit it, but he was right. And so I've been really intentional about like, okay, we cleared the table. We kind of all do that together anyways. Clear the table. Just it's it's all ready to be washed in the sink and in the dishwasher. But I have just been walking away from the kitchen and spending time with the family. And it's been it's been wonderful. And it feeds my soul. Like it's just wonderful to have those times where you truly enjoy your children and you're not letting a distracting task overwhelm you, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. No, I hear you. I am... A get it done type of person. Yeah. 
and I'd feel better just finishing that task, especially if I've got momentum. But this is one of those times where you have to make the hard decision so that you can accomplish the goal of special time together as a family. Yeah, the other night um, we ate out on the back patio and then I cleared the table um, with help from my girls and then I just left all those dirty dishes, like I was just saying, near the sink and went back outside, (laughs) which again, it was very difficult. (laughs) And I just relaxed with my husband and the kids were playing in our little pool and it was heavenly and I just, the chores can usually wait, especially when you've got all of your family there. It's like, especially if your husband's home. If you have to snag that family togetherness time, of course, we just need to do it. You know, just do it. I will say that a quick family cleanup time is good, though. Like I would I would encourage that because it helps build togetherness and that team aspect that Joy talked about in parenting. So that can happen if you set a timer, maybe like for the next five minutes, we're all going to clean up and sing to the, sing along to this cool song. And then it's, you know. That's cool. But what I'm talking about is do what works in the evening to make sure you have some sort of all together time if possible, you know, depending on people's work schedules. But to do that, carve that time out during the day. Well, the kids aren't going to remember if the dinner dishes were cleaned up immediately (laughs) after dinner. But they will remember that, oh, we were all outside playing by the pool. Yes. And they'll remember those little snippets and those highlights. Um, Hopefully that's what I'm telling myself. No, it's true. No, it's true. I, I agree. So if dinner time or the time afterwards is difficult, take a step back and ask yourself, what's not working and why is it not working? Uh, I feel like motherhood is a constant series of changing strategies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it may work for a time will become obsolete as the kids grow. Um, sports practice interrupts or our habits derail us. Again and again, I have to reevaluate and try to find a different solution. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes a lot of frustration before I realize that what I that I need to change my strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> One of the things that, for example, is not working for us, my family right now, is just the bath time. And that sounds funny, but um, what I'm realizing, and especially as we dove into creating this episode, was I should probably shift the timing of things so that I do the kids' baths and showers. The the older girls are getting to the point where they can really do a lot of that on their own, which is wonderful. But just shifting that so that they are clean and ready (laughs) before my husband gets home so that after dinner they get that maximum amount of time with him. So that's been really helpful. It, it's sometimes tricky with dinner prep and baths like crashing in around the same time. But I will say it's getting slightly easier as as I just keep doing it and the girls take more responsibility for, you know, they can wash their own hair and they can, you know, and so it's mainly me giving our little boy a bath. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, all that to say, that's one thing that I'm going to keep tweaking because it's going to be more helpful for my husband to have that quality time with us and not get interrupted by like, oh, sorry, the kids all need to you know, take a bath or take a shower. <laughs> and so you miss out on 20 more minutes. <laughs> so anyways, let's talk bedtime for a second. So depending on the age or ages of your children, bedtime can become a battle, a drag, a downer. Or even a knockdown, drag out battle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or a calm, pleasant part of your day. I want to begin by advocating strongly here that if you have behavior challenges at bedtime, like we all have, like I know I have, um, just revisit the episodes I did with my sweet friend, Joy, that I keep mentioning in this episode, all about raising the bar. So one thing that will drastically make a difference for us in the pleasantness of the evenings is if our children have become first-time listeners, like she talked about. And that just basically means that, especially if you didn't hear the episode, it means that if you say, hey, it's time to brush your teeth, or they kind of know the routine and they did, They just do it the first time. They don't, you know, 
get distracted and ask for 39 other things and like, no, I want to go play over here. Because if you're arguing, you know, with your three-year-old, let's say, that's going to make bedtime just really not fun. So if you just kind of hold your ground and like you you go over the routines, you go over the stuff that they need to do, like your your job is to do this and and you teach them and you model that and then you keep enforcing like the good behavior and you keep praising them when they listen right away. So anyways, our kids have struggled with the first time listening more lately, like I've been realizing, oh man, <laughs> it's getting sloppy. <laughs> so we are just reteaching. We are reinforcing stuff. And so we're doing like a new chart and new rewards um, because it was, like I said, getting kind of sloppy. There was too much nagging and frustration on my part for sure and not enough listening and obedience <laughs> on their part. I think that's actually a really normal part of growing up. I mean, kids are going to go through new stages as they try out new things that they learn. And there are so many ways to try to bend the rules. Um, yep. They learn to stall, to manipulate. Yep. <laughs> um, but having a consistent response and being consistent in your enforcement of the family rules when they are little, I hope, will help in the long run. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So all that to say, you may need to kind of up your game, like I've been realizing, when it comes to structure and just discipline and rhythms. But that's okay. We all need to reset sometimes, even as grownups. One other thing I will quickly add here is that it's super trendy to talk about decision fatigue with grownups. And yet sometimes I feel like we actually do the opposite with our kids. We give them too many choices. Like we think we're empowering them, but it's actually like overwhelming them. Because if it's supposedly this real phenomenon, even with grownups, I think like especially at bedtime, it can be like, whoa, I have like 10 choices right now. <laughs> so it's like sometimes I think we should just kind of eliminate a lot of that like which which thing do you want here? Are you feeling tired? Da, 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 da. Like all these questions. And it's like, they're just kids. They're like four. They don't really know what's best for them <laughs> themselves. Like they don't know what, how to have optimal health, <laughs> and like how many hours of sleep they need. So I think it's just, I just wanted to encourage all of us to, to not feel obligated to give a bunch of options at bedtime. Like just kind of, you know, you know your kids and you are kind of looking out for them at this point, especially if they're younger. And just teaching them how to really, like, we need a good rest because blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just like teaching them and modeling that and not kind of overwhelming them at the end of their day mm -hmm. with too many decisions. Anyways, so for example, letting your kids pick a bedtime story like what that we do that, you know, that's awesome. That's a great choice they can make without much fuss. But I just wanted to gently encourage us all to eliminate that needless kind of barrage of questions <laughs> as if they were the experts on their own sleep <laughs> and their health and nutrition. So... Sometimes they just need to hear something and then listen and, yes. and do it. <laughs> yes, especially wanting a calm evening, you know, not opening up this big, long kind of thing. So. Do you want a drink? Are you tired? Are, Are you, you thirsty? thirsty? <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have a routine so the kids know what to expect and they can learn to form good habits themselves. So if they know that at bedtime they'll need to put on pajamas and brush teeth and go to the bathroom and then we'll read a story, it's hopefully less of a surprise when we have to do those things every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they were younger and climbing out of bed, I thought that I might go crazy some nights because I would put them back into bed so many times. But with consistency, it got better. Yeah. Um, and one night when he was two, I let my boy stay up for a little bit and watch a show with me. And that undid a month of work. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're past the point... Um, and so he knows that he goes to bed at bedtime. Yeah. I can fudge that rule every once in a while because he knows it's special. Um, but when he was still learning the expectations, I really had to be careful to be consistent, even when I wanted to fudge the rules. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, even if bedtime can be difficult, if the kids don't want to go to bed, there are still special moments that we can savor. Um, and one of my favorite things about bedtime is reading aloud to the kids. 
I look forward to that time. Um, sometimes the kids are squirrely, but traveling through those stories together is it's one of my favorite parts of the evening. I know for me, some of my favorite aspects of just when it's bedtime for the kids is the stillness and the quiet in the house. Mm-hmm. Cause there's something about probably just related to me being an introvert, but I love that peace mm-hmm. and that sense of calm that kind of washes over the, the house. Mm-hmm. And just having that time with um, my husband and we're like chatting and a lot of times he's way more tired, and, like ready to fall asleep yeah. a lot <laughs> earlier than I am. But we just enjoy, you know, as, as the weather gets warmer, sometimes we'll sit out back and play board games and we'll put like sparkling water or whatever we have in like a fancy cup. Like one time I was like, we need to break out the nice wedding china that we <laughs> never use, right? And it's like, just use it, use it, make something special about the evening together. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's that quiet, still time of day where you can kind of reflect and you can, so, and that it is that kind of special time to watch a show that maybe I want, I've been meaning to watch or dive into a book that I've wanted to start or something like that. Oh, and do you remember when the kids were like little, little babies and you go and like tiptoe into the room oh, and peek yes. into the bed and it's like, oh. And you just could watch them sleep forever. <laughs> I know. I actually miss that. I, I love, love that, that part of bedtime. <laughs> so we've kind of um, morphed into the quiet of the evening. Um, after the younger kids are in bed is the time to enjoy that quiet part of the evening. And this this is usually when I clean up the kitchen and start the dishwasher. The kids might still be chatting up in their rooms, but this is a chance for me to reset the house for the day and relax a little bit. Um, I really enjoy working on projects painting or drawing and right now I've been working on a funky paint by numbers and a felt flower garland um, not at the same time <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's impressive yeah one hand does this and one hand does the other I'm just kidding <laughs> um, sometimes my husband and I watch a show or we sit and talk in the evening in the summer we'll go outside and shoot our bows before it gets too dark um, and on the nights that he's working it's tempting to stay up way too late reading yeah <laughs> yeah One thing that's important in the quiet of the evening is communicating expectations. I usually have this grand plan in my mind about how I'd like to spend the evening, but sometimes I don't communicate it with my husband and we come together with different expectations like, whoops. (laughs) So for me lately, I've been trying to do some better give and take, you know, and just try to really communicate, but then be really open to like what would be fun for him. Um, Again, it's not a huge deal, but just again, it's good to chat and make sure you're kind of on the same page. He's not super into TV and I am. So I have to give up a lot of that time (laughs) often if I want to hang out with him, because that would be, be more special for him. And that's totally fine. I'm, I'm happy to do that. If you are in a season of having older kids, let's say, of course, the quiet of the evening will look different because they're going to have later bedtimes. I know some sports events go super late and your kids are getting home at like nine or nine 30, which is like crazy to me. (laughs) And then they still have to do their homework, right? Or take a shower and you know, whatever. So the evening is important for them too. They need to unwind and relax a little bit before bed. We live in a very high-speed, visually busy world with lots of things kind of coming at us. So teenagers still need that unstructured, fun downtime and not involving their devices too. Like I say this just based on a lot of years of experience working with teenagers in like church and camp and school settings. When I was a teacher, I taught teenagers and they just, I I love them to pieces by the way, but they need that time to relax with a good book or with music or take a bath or shower, you know, especially if it's like after a game or something. And maybe they could play a board game with you or have a cup of hot chocolate or tea on the back porch with stretching, maybe even going in the hot tub if you have one, like 
I remember tons of fun get-togethers with my girlfriends in high school on weekends because we had this hot tub (laughs) and it was nothing fancy but we'd go out there with like a snack or something fun and we would just chat under the stars it was so it was wonderful and those are some of my best memories of high school is that time with my friends outside so back to the evenings for us us mamas (laughs) I'd love to share one more quote from the book at home with Madame Chic by Jennifer Scott she says sure most nights are ordinary and you will stay at home but how divine it can be to luxuriate in the ordinariness of a typical evening to walk around a quiet house after everyone's gone to bed turning out the lights and closing the curtains taking a long hot bath in fragrant oils, having a cup of tea and enjoying a good book, watching a riveting show on television, going to sleep at 7.30 p.m. if you're extra exhausted, and waking up completely refreshed. Even though your evening might be an ordinary one, taking pleasure in its simplicity makes it extraordinary. I really love that. Life can be so ordinary sometimes, but if you notice those little details, um, it switches it to be special. Yeah. So here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to incorporating some of these ideas into our lives. The first one is to write down the evening essentials, like what needs to happen for you and your kids. The second thing is to evaluate what's working and not working. The third is to make a plan to creatively tweak what's not working. Sometimes this means rearranging the schedule like my bath time plan. (laughs) Uh, The fourth one is to make dinner an event and prioritize family time after dinner. The next one is to prep briefly for the morning ahead and then relax and take care of yourself, especially when the kids are all asleep, and enjoy that time with your husband. And the last one is sleep. Make sure you are getting seven or eight hours of sleep. Gear down and go to bed when it's time for bed. Like I've said many times, that's Mm -hmm. one of my big struggles. But when I conquer that Mm -hmm. bedtime routine for myself. The mornings are incredible. The next day is so much better. All right. Well, we hope those tips are helpful for you. These are all things we are actively working through ourselves. And it's just fun to think about creating that calm evening and things, ways we can do that. So our next little segment is my favorite things. And this time Christina is up with a couple of favorite things to share with us. So I kind of mentioned some of these things earlier in the episode, but one of my favorite things about the evening is the quiet time to work on projects. And it may sound strange, but the gentle hum of the dishwasher in a silent house and then a clear counter make me smile. It's just, oh, I love that part of the evening. (laughs) Oh, me too. Me too. Well, now it's time for a listener success story. And these have been um, pouring in. It's been really fun to hear just in conversation or direct messages. It's been wonderful to hear like how you guys, listeners, are succeeding in things that you're feeling victorious about. Like, this is good, this is changing, and it's better. So one of our listeners wrote to me in a direct message on Instagram, which is a great way to do it, by the way, if you ever want to send me a victory success story or a bumblebee moment, just go for it that way. But um, she was sharing with me that she is super proud of this chart for behavior that she started with her daughter. I believe her daughter is six. She was really struggling with her behavior at school for a couple months, and this has helped a ton this listener says. And bonus, she's being more kind and respectful at home too. So she sent me a picture of how this looks and it's been awesome. Is it like a behavior chart mm-hmm. or like you get a star when you get, um, yeah, have a good day? Yes. And then she also shared a victory, a personal victory for herself that she said, I'm proud of myself for starting a prayer journal and sticking with it. Starting my days with writing down what I'm thankful for, like praises, really changed my focus and perspective. Mm-hmm. And so good. Well, and then you can look back and see 
where you were. Yeah. Yeah. See how far you've come and see how God has been faithful Mm -hmm. in your life. Well, we have one more segment for you today, and it's a Bungle moment, and I'm really excited about Christina's because <laughs> I know what it is ahead of time. But um, our kids can be super funny and say or do the most random things. So if you have a Bungle moment to share, please go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on share a Bungle moment, or you can direct message me. Now I'm worried that it's not actually going to be funny. <laughs> right. Well, no, I, yeah, I kind of set you up. Now I'll just like laugh extra loud. Like, oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> It's okay. Okay, so, so what is yours? So last Saturday we had a mellow day, didn't leave the house until the afternoon. And when we finally did, I went I walked into a shop with the kids and the owner asked my son if he'd been doing anything fun that morning. And my boy replied, "Oh, we've had a lousy day." And she was kind of like looked a little taken aback and and I asked him if he meant lazy, <laughs> which he did. <laughs> And we all had a good laugh, but from a kid's perspective, it was kind kind of sounded like a Freudian slip. <laughs> we, we had, had a, a lousy, lousy day. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, mine really quick was um, with my two daughters and we were listening to um, this worship music on like Amazon or something. And um, there's that song that I think it's called Ever Be, but it's like the chorus says, your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips and then it kind of repeats so so my seven-year-old was like thinking that the lyrics were your praise will never be <laughs> like, that would really get the churches going i'm just singing that song it would not make any sense <laughs> my five-year-old who's almost six i almost said six because she is almost six she's like no i thought it was your praise will ever be on my list <laughs> I was like, these two errors are just amazing. <laughs> like, your praise will ever be on my list. <laughs> it's never going to be on my lips, though. <laughs> Jesus loves the little children. Yes. And I think that those things probably give him a special joy because he knows that, yeah, <laughs> that it's know. just unintentional and they're just singing along. <laughs> I He's really, got to be laughing at those things. I know. I don't know which one I like better. I think I like never. <laughs> it's like, you'd have to change the name of the song to never be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this.